Welcome to Marksman, a podcast for men who have been marked by Christ and who are aiming their lives at Christ-likeness. I'm Mark Spellman, your host. I want to welcome you to the podcast today. It's a joy to come and be with you each week here on the podcast and just open the Word of God together because the Word became flesh and His name is Jesus. And the Word can become flesh in our lives as we press towards Christ-likeness. And so becoming doers of the word and allowing the word of God to be the expression of our life, the expression of our faith, is what we're diving into week after week. Last week, we started a new series of conversations, and the title of this series is The Obedience of Faith. The Obedience of Faith. And as we begin to go through a number of scriptures, hopefully we'll hit a number of them today, you'll begin to see that obedience was really synonymous with faith. In other words, obedience was one of the main expressions of faith when the New Testament was written. And we're going to key off our foundation text here in Romans 16, where Paul, who of course spoke much of the gospel, spoke much of faith and grace, and we learn a lot from his writings. But here we're going to see the reason obedience is such a chief um and main expression of faith is because faith is trust. And so we're going to have to trust God's instructions. We're going to have to trust his ways that we're pressing into Christ's likeness is pressing into God's way of doing life. Amen. And so we're going to see a lot of this here as we go through some scriptures together today. Again, though, let's just start in Romans 16, verse 25. We'll read to verse 27, and you'll see where we get this phrase, the obedience of faith. Now to him who has the power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. So again, the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for, this is the intention, for the obedience of faith. So the root of obedience is simply trust. We're going to trust what God says. We're going to trust uh, God's way of doing things, and we're going to trust his word. Romans 1, 16, I'm sorry, Romans 1, let's just, in fact, let's just read Romans 1, 1 through 6. I'm going to pull that up here. If you have your Bible or your phone, or if you're just listening, just listen on here. I'm going to pull that up in Romans chapter 1, and this is going to be verses 1 through 6. It says, Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, 
a bond slave, other versions say, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through the prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead through him, we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. Did you catch that phrase again? First of all, Paul introduces himself as a bond servant, a bond slave of Jesus Christ. And then he goes concerning his son, Jesus Christ, verse three, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David, according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness, by resurrection from the dead through him, we have received grace and apostleship for, here's that word for again, obedience to the faith among all nations for his namesake. So as we continue on here in our study of the obedience of the faith, think with me about Hebrews chapter 11. We did a series many, many months ago, early on in the launch of the Marksman podcast, and we went through Hebrews 11 and all the different men who had faith in God. And I want you to just think back how many of those men, their faith was demonstrated in the fact that they obeyed God's instruction. They obeyed God's command. And so this obedience is synonymous in the New Testament with faith because faith is going to involve trusting God's word, trusting God's instruction expressed through his word, you know, trusting God's boundaries established by his word. We're trusting his word. We're trusting his ways. And that trust is demonstrated in our obedience. Here's another passage. This one really (laughs) blows it up. Hebrews chapter five, verses five through 11. It says, in fact, I'm going to read the whole, I got just a snippet of it here quoted, but I'm going to read that whole passage, Hebrews 5, let's grab this again, Hebrews 5 and verse 5, all righty, Hebrews 5 and verse 5, it says, so also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said to him, you are my son, today I have begotten you. As he also says in another place, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, he was heard because of his godly fear, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, that's the word for matured, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him, called by God a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Whoa, did you catch all that? Let me just grab that last portion. It really dials it home. It says, 
um, in the days of his flesh. Now, this is referring to him in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he is surrendering and submitting to God's will and to God's way, to God's will and to God's way. And so we understand that he was wrestling in that garden. He was praying throughout the night. He he had his disciples, Peter, James, and John, those three, stay with him, stay close to him. And as you remember, if you read the account, every time he went back to check on them, they were asleep. They were tired. They were wore out. They were emotionally spent, and they were asleep every time. And yet he went back and again, he would pray and he would say, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Yet he said those amazing, incredible words that men, we get to follow his example when he said things like this, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And he agonized submitting his will to God's will, his will to God's will. He agonized in such intensity that the capillaries in his skin busted and sweat mingled with blood. And that's where it says he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. That was the agony. And this is what this is referring to in Hebrews 5, when it says, who in the days of his flesh, verse 7, Hebrews 5, 7 when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his godly fear. That's the fear of the Lord. And that's a fear we want in our life. It's not a fear like uh, I'm threatened, I'm in danger. That's a reverence. That's a holy awe of God. Amen. That's the kind of fear you want in your life because of his godly fear, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered or endured and having been perfected or having been matured, he became the author and uh, excuse me, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Now that's a word for faith to all those who have faith in him. But sometimes I think we've um, used the word faith as just a, a belief in. And if you remember, we ended our last program. If you missed it, you can catch last week's. But we ended it in James chapter 2, where it says, you know, you know, if you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. In other words, there's a corresponding action to faith. There's a corresponding behavior that aligns with what we believe. And there's a scripture in there that says, you know, you believe you know that he is God. Well, good. The devils also believe and tremble, but their faith isn't saving them. Why? Because their faith was not expressed in obedience or trust. And again, why did Adam and Eve get rejected and, and expelled from the garden? It wasn't because of any other sin that we would you know name today as the big sins. It was simply disobedience to God's instruction. It was rejecting his word. It was rejecting his instruction, which ultimately boils down to a lack of trust. They did not trust the father's 
word. They did not trust the father's instruction. They did not trust the father's boundary that he said, if you eat this, you will surely die. And so in the same way, just because the devils believe their faith isn't saving them. And so just a belief in Jesus, just a belief in God, just a belief in the Bible, just a belief in heaven, just a belief in hell, that belief alone won't save a person. It's the belief, like it says here, when we recognize Jesus is the author of our salvation, He's the author. This is Hebrews 5, 9. He's become matured. He became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him, to all who obey him, called by God, a high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek. Now, here's here's something interesting. Another reference now in Hebrews 12, Hebrews 12. This is another reference making synonymous obedience and faith or sin and disobedience. See, if we're going to attach faith to obedience, then that would basically mean then sin is basically disobedience. If faith is obedience, then unbelief or sin is disobedience. So is there a scripture that confirms that? Glad you asked. Yes, Hebrews chapter 12. Let's look at this real quick. Hebrews 12. Wherefore, seeing that we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, that's referring back to Hebrews 11. That's the witnesses looking over the bands, uh, you know, the banner of heaven. We have them surrounding us. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, following his example. Keep him in view. He is the author. Remember, we just read that in Hebrews 5. He's the author of our salvation. He learned obedience through the things that he suffered. He became now the author of our salvation, all of us who obey him. Now here in Hebrews 12, 2, it's saying he's the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Remember, he learned obedience through the things he endured, things that he suffered. He endured the cross, despising the shame, sat down at the right hand of God, the throne of majesty, for consider him. And that's what we're doing here on Marksman. How can we aim our lives at Christ's likeness if we don't consider him? For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest we become weary and faint in our minds. We have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Resisted unto bloodshed, striving against sin. Do you see how the scripture there just put together and married the thought that his striving against sin in the Garden of Gethsemane, it just said right there, he was striving against sin. Now, he wasn't striving against all the things we call sin. And all those things, you know, are sin. But the sin he was striving against was disobeying his father's command, not trusting his father's plan, not trusting his father's ways, not trusting his father's instruction. That was the sin he was wrestling against. That's the sin he was striving against was disobedience, which again is rooted in a lack of trust. So he finally wrapped up his prayer by saying, Nevertheless, Father, not my will, but yours be done. In other words, nevertheless, Father, I trust you.
So here's the wrap-up, guys. We all can identify with struggling against sin, whether it's the sin of obedience or I'm sorry, the sin of disobedience or any other thing that you want to you know, name as sin. And basically it says in the book of Romans, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So whatever it is we're striving against, the Bible just admonished us. Let's consider Jesus. Let's consider him. Let's follow him. And let's realize the spirit of the living God is upon us. The spirit of the living God is within us. And he's going to give us grace when we face times of temptation. In fact, it says in Hebrews 4, let us come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And the context there in Hebrews 4 is the time of temptation. So when we're tempted, like Jesus was tempted, when we're tempted, we can come to the throne of grace, we can find mercy, and we can also find grace to endure and to push through and to trust and obey. Remember the old song, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. <laughs> I got a terrible key on that. But anyway, you get the point. It's all about trusting Jesus. It's trusting him as the author of our salvation, trusting him as the captain of our salvation. And he learned obedience through the things that he endured. And we can learn obedience through the things we endure when we trust God, when we trust his word, when we trust him to do life his way. Man, I want to thank you for joining me on the podcast today. I hope you're enjoying this new series, The Obedience of Faith. Hope you'll join me again next week as we dive a little bit deeper into following Jesus, trusting Jesus, and yes, as always, here at Marksman, aiming our lives at Christ-likeness. 